are going to turn our attention again to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 3 tonight, Ruth chapter 3. I think as we have looked at this book, uh, we have been necessarily uh, challenged to look at ourselves and in particular look at our relationship with one another. We certainly see the kind of relationship that needs to be there uh, in in Ruth and the way that she shows such love and loyalty for her mother-in-law, Naomi, even though uh, Ruth is going through some difficult things just like Naomi was. Uh, But I think we've also been challenged to evaluate our relationship with God. Uh, We go through, uh, maybe not quite as bad as what Naomi and Ruth went through, but we go through things in our lives that are difficult. We lose people. Uh, We lose, you know, jobs or possessions or whatever it might be. And in those times, the question comes to us, you know, how am I going to respond to this? What's my relationship with God going to be? Am I going to see him still working as I think we see him still working in the lives of Ruth and Naomi. Or am I going to, you know, uh, go into myself and be filled with this bitterness that says, God's the reason all of this is happening. I want to, you know, be called bitter now instead of Naomi like Naomi does. It's a challenging book, but I think it's a, a beautiful book that also is meant to show us something that's coming in the future, particularly when we come to the man Boaz. I think particularly here in chapter 3, as we get into this, we are going to see, continue to see the beauty of Ruth's character, uh, and we are going to begin to see Naomi's bitterness begin to soften, and certainly at the end of chapter 3, or at the end of chapter 2, we begin to see that as well. And as we begin to see this interaction that Ruth is going to have with Boaz here in chapter 3 and in chapter 2, I think what we have to be struck with is that Boaz is a shadow of someone much greater who's coming in the future. Boaz is a redeemer for these two women who find themselves in a destitute destitute position. Well, Jesus, as we're going to see here in chapter 3, is a redeemer for a lot of people who find themselves in a destitute position. And so I hope that we will see that together as we work through chapter 3 here. We begin to see a clearer picture of Boaz and Ruth and Jesus, Jesus as the redeemer, and the kind of character and, and response that we need to have to the redeemer of us all. Before we get into chapter 3, though, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, our God, as we open your word, we are grateful. Uh, We are so thankful for these uh, people here in the the book of Ruth that hold such meaning to us. We pray that we would see what we need to see here. Uh, We ask that what we talk about will be only your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, beginning in chapter 3 and verse 1, the text tells us, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well 
with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go, out, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, and go and uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say I will do. Chapter 3 here begins on the heel of some personal changes that have been happening in the life of Naomi. You remember chapter 1, chapter 2, she's really kind of sunk into some bitterness. She comes back to Bethlehem. She says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Look what God has done for me. Rather call me Mara, which means bitter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that if I was in her position, I would probably feel pretty much the same way. I don't want to knock her, but she does go into this bitterness, which is kind of shown into contrast with the character of Ruth, who really, you know, she's been through a lot, but she goes out and she realizes she needs to go to work. Well, now at the end of chapter 2, we see something beginning to change in Naomi. Because at the end of chapter 2, in verse 20, after Ruth has told Naomi, I was in the field of Boaz, and look what Boaz did for me, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. This is the change that's happening in the life of Naomi. She's, she's beginning to go from being bitter to now there's hope. Now, because she's heard the name Boaz, and she knows who Boaz is, and she knows Boaz is a redeemer, suddenly now hope is beginning to creep back into the heart of Naomi, and we see here in chapter 3 that hope is going to be put into action. No longer is she going to sit idly by while Ruth goes out into the field and works. Naomi's now going to go to work, and she's going to come up with this plan to let Boaz know, you're our redeemer, and we need you. And so we begin to see this hope creeping back into the life of Naomi. And really, this is what happens when we recognize who our Redeemer is. If we have recognized the kind of pit of despair that we have been in, and certainly I think Naomi knows the pit of despair she's been in, when we recognize the pit of despair that we have been in, and suddenly we see before us a redeemer who can who can pull us up out of that pit doesn't that necessarily bring about hope in our hearts it should when we see Jesus standing before us we see what Jesus has done for us and we realize he's the one who can help me he's the one who can pull me out of this that necessarily should bring about great hope in our hearts that suddenly we can get out of whatever situation it is that we are in. And I think as we look at our lives and we look at the, the sin that we were steeped in, we would have to describe ourselves as destitute before Jesus. And so when we see the Redeemer before us, how can we not be filled with great hope as he stands before us? And when that hope comes to us, that should bring about a change in character like we see in Naomi here. She's been bitter for so long, now she sees a Redeemer, now she's beginning to have hope, and now she's beginning to work. 
You know, for, for so long it is easy to look at our, our lives and we see the, you know, the, the bad things in it, the bad things we've done, and it's easy to look at that and go, there is no way I can get out of this. There's no hope for me. But the moment our eyes turn to Jesus and that hope begins to fill, something's got to change and our character's got to begin to change. And we need to make this change that Naomi does to begin going, okay, here's the Redeemer. How do I get to the Redeemer? How do I reach out to the Redeemer? How do I get his redemption from him? And so Naomi begins to think, how are we going to do this? And, and I appreciate the change in Naomi here because in verse 1, notice Naomi doesn't say really anything about herself or her own redemption. She says, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Boy, what a change. Naomi in the first two chapters has been so self-absorbed. Look what God has done to me. I'm bitter now. And now, here in chapter 3 and verse 1, now that hope has begun to creep in, she begins thinking about someone else. Just like Ruth has done this entire time. She's thought about someone else. She's thought about Ruth and how she can take care of her. I wonder if seeing that, in addition to knowing that Boaz is the Redeemer, has had a huge impact on Naomi. And maybe that's a lesson for us, that just by our actions and what we go about doing, the impact we can have on people who, who witness that. The Naomi begins to change here. She begins to soften as she sees hope, and she begins to think about Ruth and what's best for Ruth, and that Ruth can have rest because Ruth has been working so hard, and she's been through so much. And now Naomi begins to think about what's best for Ruth. How can I go about helping Ruth get what she needs? so that she can find the rest and, and the redemption that she needs for her life. I think this is uh, the reality. True, ho true hope breeds activity. If we have true hope, it's got to make us act. It's got to make us you know, reach out for that Redeemer. If, if we don't have true hope, you know, we're, we're probably going to just stay stagnant. Naomi has true hope here. She sees the potential in Boaz and in Ruth. Hopeful people don't stay inactive. Hopeful people go to work. That's a good lesson for us. We claim to be people who are filled with great hope. Do we display that great hope in our activity? In our activity, in the way that we interact with one another, in the way that we work for the kingdom. If we have hope, we should necessarily be active in the kingdom of God. And Naomi certainly becomes active. Ruth has been active all along. Now Naomi begins to come along. I appreciate that so much because I can see myself in Naomi sometimes. I think I fall short way too often of the character of Ruth. But I can see myself in Naomi, someone who has struggled with her attitude maybe, struggled with her trust in God, but... You know, she begins to come out of it when she, when she begins to feel the hope. I can relate to that. I'm sure you can as well. And so Naomi concocts this plan to let Boaz know, we are in need of redemption and you are the one who can redeem us. And the plan is, I think, relatively simple. 
uh, Ruth is supposed to go to the threshing floor where Boaz is going to be. And once he's done eating and drinking, he's going to come down to that threshing floor to, uh, to sleep. And Ruth is supposed to be there. And when Boaz gets there and he lays down to sleep, she is supposed to uncover his feet and lie at his feet and wait for Boaz to tell her what she should do. Now, I'll tell you, uh, this is probably, made, probably the most debated section of Ruth because there's a lot of question about, you know, what, what is Ruth actually being asked to do here? Is it something improper um, is she being asked to do something that, that she probably shouldn't be asked to do? And I, I will, I'll have to grant, this is the only place in Scripture that we see instructions like this, particularly pertaining to the Redeemer. We don't see this anywhere else. We don't see it in the law that this is how you go about asking for somebody to redeem you. Um, and, you know, there's some question, well, you know, it says that Boaz's heart was merry because he had been drinking, and maybe that leads to um, the thought that there was some impropriety here. I'll just tell you, I don't know whether there was impropriety here or not. I don't think the text demands that interpretation of that. Um, and certainly, I don't know that it fits with Ruth's character throughout the whole story. Uh, so the way I have tended to look at this is that there isn't anything improper going on, but this is just how uh, Naomi has told Ruth to go about this, and maybe this is a way to show humility and submission to this man who's going to be the one who can redeem them. And I like that uh, interpretation because I think it does, at least um, in part, point forward to the, the kind of a submission and humility that we have to have when we come to ask our Lord for his redemption. But again, I don't know that I can prove one way or the other. The text just doesn't tell us. But I think we do have to, to say that we see Ruth's character on display again here. Because at the very end of verse 5, after Naomi tells Ruth, here's what you need to go do, she replied, all that you say, I will do. Ruth doesn't question what Naomi is asking her to do. She trusts Naomi. And I'll tell you, it takes an honest and humble heart to say, what you're telling me to go do, I will do. Because the reality is what Ruth is being asked to do is to go submit herself to this man and say, we need your help. I need your help. And it's a vulnerable position. She's going to be there with this man alone. And yet she says, what you've told me to do, if this is what I need to do to, to find the redemption that this man Boaz can, can give, I'll go do it all. What a What a testament to the character of Ruth. And the Redeemer who brings hope into the heart of the destitute. And the destitute, once filled with great hope, 
now must reach up their hands to grasp the hand of the one who can offer redemption. I tell you, I look at what Ruth does here in her obedience to Naomi. And I look at our lives sometimes, and I look at the lives of others, and I wonder, why do we struggle sometimes to do all that he has said to do in order to reach out to the hand of the Redeemer? She's asked to humble herself. That's what we're asked to do, to humble ourselves before God. She's asked to submit herself to this man. We are asked to submit ourselves to the Redeemer. In Louisville, there were a couple of of people that me and uh, the other one of the other preachers there, David Norfleet, studied with, and it was just so so sad towards the end of those studies because we got to a point where they realized they needed salvation, that they were sinners, that there was something they needed to do. They even acknowledged that baptism was part of it, and yet uh, on both instances, it was just hard for them to grasp the urgency and the necessity of what they needed to do in order to grasp that redemption. And it was, it was such a sad case to, to see them arguing with us. Well, is this really necessary or is this really this urgent? You know, can we put it off for later on down the road? All too often that's the way we, appoint, uh, we approach our redemption. Even after we have been saved, you know, we, we have been asked to serve our God, and yet all too often we find ourselves going, well, do I really have to submit myself here? Do I have to humble myself here? Ruth, with a beautiful character, simply says, all that you have said, I will do. And what keeps us from having the character of Ruth too often is pride. I don't want to submit myself. I don't want to give myself completely over to the one who can redeem me. We really can't come so close just to fall short. What a disappointing place to be. What a sad place to be. Ruth doesn't question. She doesn't give in to any doubts that she might have. She listens and obeys to the word of Naomi. And beginning in verse 6, we see the plan go into action. It says, So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So Ruth goes about doing what Naomi (coughs) had told her to do. She lays down at his feet and I understand the surprise on Boaz's part, finding a woman lying there at his feet. 
He's startled and he goes, who are you? And she says, I'm Ruth. And again, I think we see the humility and I think this kind of points to the, to the fact that she's being asked to submit herself and be humble towards Boaz. She says, it's your servant. You remember earlier in chapter 2, she says, I'm not one of your servants. Why are you doing this for me? Well, here she says, I am your servant. I am your servant, Ruth. And she asks him to spread his wings over her. What she's asking from him is for his protection. It's kind of like you know, a mother bird puts her wings over her babies so that they're protect, protected from the elements, from the rain and from the wind. She's asking Boaz, protect me. I need your protection. I'm your servant. And Boaz responds without delay to her. Do not fear. And those words should be awfully familiar to us in Scripture because there's someone who says do not fear quite a bit, and it's God. God tells his children do not fear over and over again in, uh, in Scripture. Boaz says don't fear. I'm going to do as you ask. I will protect you. I will take care of you. And again, this is a testament to the character of Ruth. He says, everybody in town knows that you're a worthy woman. And so I feel like I can, I can redeem you without hesitation here. You see how Boaz foreshadows the great Redeemer who is to come? When we come to our Redeemer with this kind of heart, of humility and submission that says, I need you. Look at my position. I'm destitute. I have nothing. I am, I am in the pit. I need you to spread your wings over me and protect me. What is it that God says to us? Do not fear. I'll do as you ask. No hesitation. Because he wants to. And Boaz wants to help Ruth here. We've already talked about the favor she's found in his eyes. And so this is the heart that we have to have when we approach our Redeemer. There can't be any pride there. Pride's got to go. We've got to recognize our lowly place before him, and we have to ask for his protection. And he will respond. I don't think there can be any doubt about that. Our God will respond when we ask for his redemption, and we ask for his protection. Can you imagine the thrill of joy that probably went through Ruth's heart at that point? You think about everything she's been through. And to hear those words. You don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. What you've been through is in the past. And your future is with me. Boy, that's a thrill that needs to run through every single one of us when we think about what Jesus has done for us, we think about what Jesus has said and the redemption that he offers. Knowing where we've been and knowing that Jesus says, you've come to me for protection, the past is in the past. Your place is with me now. One problem stands in the way. Boaz says, there is one person who is a closer relative, one person 
who, if he is willing, uh, should probably redeem you. But again, Boaz says, if he's not willing, if he doesn't want to do this, absolutely, I'm going to be the one who does this. There is no doubt in his mind, and there should be no doubt in Ruth's mind, that Boaz is the one who's going to take care of her if this closer relative doesn't take care of her. And I think we have to realize, you know, there's the potential that this person really is going to redeem Ruth because redemption means when he marries Ruth, he's necessarily going to take possession of whatever property that Elimelech had had. He's going to take Elimelech's possessions. He's going to basically kind of take the place of Ruth's husband and Naomi's husband. He's going to be the leader of that family. And so there is potential for gain there for anyone who's going to redeem uh, redeem Ruth and Naomi. And I won't spoil the story for chapter 4, though you already know it. But I do think that there is potential for gain there. But Boaz says, and I don't think Boaz is thinking about the gain whatsoever. I, I mean, he's a wealthy person. He doesn't need more. He's thinking about Ruth and what he can do for Ruth and for Naomi. It says, if this man won't redeem you, I will. There is no doubt about that. You have come to me for protection, and I will give it to you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about our Savior as well? In fact, certainly there isn't anyone else who can redeem us. But our Redeemer doesn't look at our past and say, Look at how bad you were. And Boaz doesn't look at Ruth and say, you are a Moabite. I don't want anything to do with you. Our Savior doesn't look at our past and say, I don't want anything to do with you now that you've come to ask me for help. simply says, I'll help you. I will be there for you. I will redeem you. There is no hesitation on the part of Boaz. And there is no hesitation on the part of Jesus when we seek redemption from him. And notice how the chapter ends here, beginning in verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before one could recognize another, and he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor, and he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back <coughs> excuse me, empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter Today. Ruth stays until morning, and notice what Boaz does for her. He does something very similar to what he did in chapter 2. He tells her, hold out your robe, and he puts six measures of barley in there. Again, he continues to go above and beyond. He, just, he doesn't just say, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to redeem you. He says, here, let me give you more so that you can take it home with you. He continues to go above and beyond. And again, I think when you think about our Redeemer, Jesus, 
when he says, I will redeem you, and he says, I will take you and I will save you, he doesn't just redeem us. He keeps blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Just like Boaz does for Ruth. He wants to bless us. And he blesses us abundantly. You think about it. He offers redemption to us. And then Jesus says, I'm preparing a home for you. I'm not just preparing a home for you. I'm going to give you a community of brethren that you can be a part of while you wait for that home. Our Redeemer has blessed us above anything that we could possibly repay. And notice Boaz's blessings aren't just for Ruth. They are for Naomi as well. You, you notice what Ruth says there at the end? These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. <coughs> He's going to take care of Naomi as well. That's what redeeming Ruth means. He's going to have to take care of Naomi as well. And so the story of Ruth has taken a dramatic turn. We have seen the, the hardship that these two women have gone through, the loss that they have suffered. But here in the end of chapter 2, coming into chapter 3, there's a dramatic turn where now there is hope and there is redemption that is made possible. And there's a dramatic turn that has to happen in each and every one of our lives as well. There has to come a point where we realize the, the destitution of our situation and we need to be filled with hope. We need to come to our Redeemer and say, please protect me. Spread your wings over me. And with full assurance, he says, don't fear. I absolutely will. At the very end, the very last verse, Naomi says, wait, my daughter. Wait until he's done with this. He will not rest, but he will settle this today. Boaz isn't the type of person who's going to let this kind of linger on. <coughs> he's going to go take care of this. He's going to do it today. I think this is where we have to leave this chapter, and this is the last point I want to make. But when you think about our Redeemer, when he says, I'll redeem you, there's no delay on his part. No delay. No lingering about what Jesus does for us. When we come to him, when we submit to him, it's then. No delay. He will take care of it today. Chapter 3, I think, is meant to make us think about Jesus. Meant to point us forward to the one who was to come. The one who is a more perfect version of what Boaz was. And if we will come to Jesus as Ruth came to Boaz, we can rest assured that Jesus will say, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I will redeem you. That's the offer of salvation to anyone who hasn't come to him yet. Recognize the destitution of your situation. Recognize there is nothing for you without Jesus. And he is offering redemption to you. Will you be filled with hope and act on that hope? We want to urge you to do that tonight. If you are a child of God, 
and you are struggling in your life to continue to be submissive to him, to continue to allow your hope to be active, we want to help you however we can. Certainly, I think the story of Ruth is meant to help all of us draw closer to the one who desires to protect us and will protect us if we come to him and ask. If you have any needs this evening, come forward as we stand and sing together.